Greetings all and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. Tonight we'll be discussing the state of popular music, a discussion prompted by the recent New York Times Magazine cover story, The 25 Songs That Matter Right Now. That's what they called it. Uh, We'll discuss whether that's an appropriate designation. Uh, In classic New York Times fashion, They've gotten many things right and may have missed the mark on some other things, which is what we're here to discuss tonight. Uh, To unpack the series of articles profiling artists as diverse as Bruce Springsteen, Travis Scott, Post Malone, my favorite, of course. The reason that I argued to have this as our topic is that Post Malone is included. And everybody knows I'm always looking for an excuse to include Post Malone in our show. And Ariana Grande. It's a bit of media cannibalism reporting on an article, but... It's 2019, so here we are. With us on this episode are Donnie Lumpkins, first time on the show, but been a friend for such a long time, uh, writer, musician, uh, all-around great guy. We're very happy to have him here. Uh, uh, Melanie Feliciano. It's true. I mean it. I mean it. Melanie's here. Welcome back to the show. Melanie Feliciano, margin call, heavy hitter and regular. Uh, and we're welcoming back Presley Lewis, who has been on the show, uh, also a musician, also a cultural critic, and was on the show uh, some time ago when we were ready to prematurely declare yet again the death of rock and roll. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And as always, our engineer, producer, and taskmaster, Eming Piancai, who keeps us all sounding good. Uh, I want to start with something that was included on the list. I'm glad it was included on the list, honestly, because it gives us a lot to talk about in terms of why music is popular. And this was Melanie's suggestion. I'm glad I'm glad you singled this song out because I, I wanted to add it to the list. I was afraid it wouldn't be received that well. So the <laughs> fact that you were brave enough to bring it up, Mel, like, I'm glad and I'm going to go straight to you with this. That song is baby shark it might be one of the catchiest songs ever yeah, made. Be- before it was a song you could even download i think like i was in on the ground floor of that meme you know wow. like I'm, d- I'm deep in the meme world and the first deep time the I, memes. Heard, I saw wow. some little kid wearing a shark costume singing Baby shark, do 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 do. Baby shark, do 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 Baby shark, do 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 do. Baby shark. I mean, how could you be mad at that song? It's so. I mean, I mean, it's no Johnny Johnny. It's no Johnny Johnny, but it's it's up there, man. It's up there. So, Mel, I'm going to go straight to you because you were the one who was brave enough to say, "I want to talk about Baby Shark." What prompted you to take that bold step here today? Well, I was mostly kidding, but. I I drove everybody crazy at the pool with that song <laughs> because I teach swimming and I was teaching several baby classes and I was running out of songs and and so I decided maybe I'll throw in Baby Shark and I think all the lifeguards and the swim instructors were really pissed off at me that day for for getting all the kids and their parents singing that song and yeah they were I mean, very so upset. One about the Baby Shark song, but I think the setting in which you've introduced it might be the only setting that is fully appropriate. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, okay, fine. Yeah, we'll give you a pass on singing the Baby Shark song. Did people hate you because it was so catchy that once they heard it, they couldn't stop singing it? Well, they they had already they already knew it. So that's one of the reasons I brought it into the water because, you know, everybody knows it. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to get babies to be acclimated to the water. So, you know, the whole idea is to sing stupid songs like row, row, row your boat, blah, blah, blah. And so this one was the popular song and I saw the the YouTube video and I thought it was completely ridiculous and I kind of wanted to drive everybody crazy at the pool with it. So I just, it did it mostly as a joke. Um, but yeah, it really stuck in my head for, <laughs> for a <Yeah>. few weeks. <laughs> and I was very upset about that. It's an ear power of repetition. But I you mean, know, well, I, but I just was surprised it was on the li- the list. Like when I was going through list, it. Though. I mean, it, it's yeah. on my list too. Like I have a, a two-year-old, so I listen to that song at least three or four times a day on a good day, you know? So the kids really are really, really into it. You know what I mean? All right. Well, uh, there were a lot of things. I mean, I didn't know much about this, right? Like a lot of things in meme culture, you just kind of take them as they are. And yeah, I was like, oh, there's like cute little Asian babies dressed up like sharks. And that's one of the reasons that I thought this entry in the New York Times article was a worthwhile one. Anyone with kids, it's got to be on there. I mean, it should have won a Grammy last year for best song. Or at least best <laughs> earworm or best viral song. It was it's, on, it's really true. It was on Billboard Hot 100. It was number 32 exactly. on the Billboard Hot 100. And oh, nobody is, knows the origin. Nobody yeah, knows who I had, I had no idea. From. Okay, so I, I knew the song, Babe, be shark right but when i look at the the fucking new york times top 25 most influential songs and i see pink fong i'm like ooh, this obscure <laughs> anomalous band that's making waves in the music that's industry so funny. let's see what this is about this has to hit deep and then i press play and it's the fucking baby shark song <laughs> I, I was yeah, I genuinely did. Almost like this anomalous band that crept out from the shadows is making an impact on music and it's, this shit. It's so it's like, funny. Oh, well, it's so funny how it's gone from really the ground up from what I imagine is what starts as kids liking a song and then their parents knowing it and then to then jettison into non uh, people who don't have kids and then to official meme them. Yeah, in, as, it, once in, the meme community gets hold of it, it's it's going to skyrocket. To your point, Donnie, <clears throat> I, I just wanted to make this point very briefly about the actual article, um, which it starts off in a very interesting place. People think that it was um, like a sing-along from a summer camp song, like one of those kind of things. Who knows who wrote those songs? They still haven't figured it out. But by the end of the article, it's like it kind of ran out of steam, I <laughs> feel and I'm being openly critical of this writer, even though I like this article, because the note that it ends on, I'll read a little bit of it. As, <laughs> this is so New York Times, by the way. This sentence is amazing. Baby Shark offers an antidote, an escape, a song that delivers us from danger, safe at last. Oh leaving, <laughs> leaving I was like, Fucking the only thing hell. that saved it, like the only reason I didn't just like set this magazine on fire as soon as I read that sentence <laughs> is that they, they, they managed not to use the phrase like in Trump's America. Like, oh, we need man, Baby yeah. Shark in Trump's this is America what we or need. whatever. <laughs> this is the, the, the solace that we need Baby Shark to our fucking salvation. Presley, when we were checking in <laughs> the 25 songs and your response was, I was upset yeah, by man. so many things. I think that was the word. I'm paraphrasing. So you're a musician. You're an independent artist. Uh, just take it away. Oh, What's dude. wrong with this list? Why, why the actual fuck is 6 9 on here? Stupid at that. So Baby Shark was one thing, right? That, that's its whole other thing. But when I saw 6 9 on here as the top 25 most influential 
uh, he is influential first of all but one i mean he's in jail so like i feel like his time in the limelight is up second of all this song yeah he has a bunch of songs out that have made waves and everything but this is probably like his one of his least known from what i've listened to him anyways right they they selected that song i noticed that actually a few times in this article that i felt that the artist they chose i was like oh yeah like that person should be highlighted for their place in popular music but the song choice i wasn't crazy about if you're gonna choose a six nine song is the one which would you i mean which would you choose Oh, of six nine song. Well, you know the one he did with Nicki Minaj was pretty good. Go Gummo. I mean, I would, Gummo. I would say I would Gummo. Gummo. I guess, Gummo, yeah. Gotta sure. Gummo. Yeah. Absolutely. So I mean, okay. So we have a consensus on that. <laughs> but I, here's the reason I think he is like I don't really have I have a lot to, to say about young rappers in general on the on the full spectrum. Um, I think this person is great, and I'm happy with what they're contributing. And this person is trash and has got to go. Um, that's what I call the low pump end of the spectrum. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, but we don't have to talk about low pump right now. But Takashi, I felt like just sonically, like. Some of those songs are pretty good. Like he no, makes good I, music. Yes, also yes. in the legacy, if we're talking about like New York hip hop, I have a friend at work who is exactly my age, grew up in Harlem, is like a golden age rap hip hop fan and is like grouchy about new rappers. But he says Six Nine has a place in this legacy of, you know, what you call like the shout rapper, the scream yeah. rapper, the guy, yeah. you know, New York guys like MOP, um, you know, Onyx, I guess. You know, like his style of delivery is like really unique. Yeah, and ODB. Uh, yeah, yeah like, okay, sure. yeah, ODB Absolutely. is in that. And then the, the beats are hard. You know what I mean? Like, like Takashi, what's controversial about Takashi is like the fact that he's trying to be controversial, how successful he was at like making people hate him and starting beef with people and like making videos where he, he like has a chihuahua in his lap and he's holding an AK. Um, but the, the music itself, like, you know, there's some quality there. I'm glad he was included. I agree that, I mean, the phrase they used was not influential. They said songs that matter right now. Right? Yeah, but why, why I personally, why would the rap stupid matter? You know, that's my gripe with it. Like out of all his songs, like I don't understand why stupid would matter. It's just like uh, even even uh, the Carters, right? That's Beyonce and Jay-Z's collaboration album. Granted, two of the most dominant, most influential people in music. However, especially with the song they chose, why the fuck didn't they just put the Migos on? Because that's all this song pretty much is. The Migos is, right. isn't even Migos. on this list. They completely chipped so, uh, it. I have a thing. That's a really good point to, to kind of introduce my issue. I mean, I'm not going to like fully try to unpack my issue with Jay-Z, but you know, like Madonna has has this problem historically where like her attempt at relevance is just like, oh, which artist is hot right now? Yeah. I'm going to like grab that person and do like their sound right so it's absolutely because you're not coming out with your own sound you're finding out who's hot and just kind of jacking them and jay-z has essentially done that you know his whole career basically is like he started out he's like oh people love biggie like all right i'm gonna do biggie right. style and then you know when he like big pimp and people are like oh southern rap all right cool i'm gonna have like some southern rappers but and do like I, a quote I southern think, rap. i think a similar argument could be made for any rapper who's been in music or any artist that's been in music for over 10 years, you know? Well, I think yeah. you'd say that about many bands. I think you could say that about many rappers too. Who but there's people, 
to me, there's people who do it the right way. Like, okay, for example, someone who's maintained relevance throughout his entire career, Kanye West. He does it. He yeah. collaborates with different artists, well, but he does it in a tasteful way. Well, where he's still doing his music, but mm-hmm. he's also collaborating with them on theirs and but helping them as much as he can. But you can't deny the influence of Bonnie Var on... Oh, um, absolutely. You know, on Kanye. You can't... Maybe he's not borrowing directly from hip-hop but he's definitely borrowing from a lot of contemporary music whenever he drops releases i saw that yeah. tra- another thing about travis scott being on uh, that list the sickle mode um i think he probably should have been on it for different songs too um so maybe his earlier stuff but um his best record is by far yeezus you know so kanye's always worked with people who are in the sound and the right. scene currently to to update his sound i think drake does a lot of the same thing uh, in addition to the list i personally would make was uh jay-z's 444 uh, Yes, but specifically the uh, the OJ song, you know. Yes, yeah, the OJ. Insane. Yeah, but that's an old album. But that's the album. Yeah, that came out. Yeah, yeah, but it still is. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a couple albums on here that are dated by now too. It's Even, true. Uh, six nines. This is true. So I, you know, I, I think on that one you can really see, you know, him. He's definitely been behind the times a few times, but I really think he led the pack with that record. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely sort of, his most. It's definitely his most open and intimate album that he's mature, ever. Sure, definitely, and yeah. I think it's it's really had an impact. It's reverberated throughout hip hop so far, and I think it will go further. With you know, you, you hear some of the stuff that Meek is doing, or some of the stuff that Twenty One yeah. Savage is doing. You know, it's really. Oh man, I think his new album is so good. Yeah, man, he's awesome. You know, that song yeah, a lot. That you know, hope, yeah. hope we done the set too. Uh, oh, I think you should have been added agree. to that list. That song a lot is like so good. You know, him and J. Cole crushed That's that what I'm saying. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of artists here that, in my opinion, especially when it comes to their songs, like personally, I don't like Maroon 5, Girls Like You. That was big for like a week. And then that shit was but, gone. But culturally, it had an impact. Let me just say, in defense of the song selection, they had this, my favorite part of the whole article, which is this spread, this two-page spread explains why there are so many people who get a song credit on that Travis Scott song. <clears throat> that was uh, a chart. I mean, you know, the track. I mean, it's nuts. I had no idea. 30 different, three zero. 30 different songwriters are credited on Sicko Mode. And six producers. Like, basically, is, <clears throat> is three minutes long. And I was like, well, how is that possible? And they have a chart that lists yeah. everybody who's on here, including lots of people that we all know, right? Okay, yeah. obviously, like, Drake is on there. Biggie is on there. But, you know, and Tribe is on there. <laughs> and Two Live Crew is on there. Yeah. Um, and when you look at the reasons that they're there, it's interesting. I mean, it says a lot about, like, sampling and licensing. And, you know, it's like when I was first listening to hip-hop, like, everybody sampled whatever they wanted and nobody cared, right? Because nobody right. thought like oh who cares it's just rap music like no one listens to that no one's gonna make money off of that and then once they started making money off it they're like oh well we need to get royalties off of these samples and that changed like the sonic landscape and that's when people started getting more into synths and a lot of that like west coast stuff um, was really influenced by the drop off of sampling because you know dre was like well i can play piano and make sounds and he found ways to get session musicians to play a cover version so you didn't have to pay original royalties but this is a completely different thing you know, when you have to credit, you know, if you like are sampling someone who's who sampled somebody else, that's two additional people. So yeah. the people who are on here, you know, Drake is on here, you know, Travis Scott himself. There's a Swiss producer. 
there's like he sampled a synthesizer song from MD, uh, you know, Tim and Kevin Gromer are on here, you know, Biggie. It's like if you yeah. really look at this chart and maybe we can put this up there. Uh, it's not like a criticism of music necessarily, but I personally learned a lot about sample culture and songwriting. When I first heard 30, oh, yeah. 30 people, I was like, yo, what does that mean? Like, I assumed that it meant that someone at the record label, you know, they had a huge team of people making a hit for Travis Scott and it kind of took away from his artistry or him as an auteur. But that's not the case at all. It's just that yeah. when you sample, it goes so deep that everybody has to do writing credit. It's just something I wasn't aware of. Yeah, and like six producers worked on that one song. And, and I mean, just imagine when it comes to a Kanye record too, how many, how much sample he takes from like the 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah. Like it, a lot of royalties, a lot of uh, like, permissions have to be given. Yeah. I mean, all of the lights. Have you guys seen the uh, writing credits and like the credits on all of the lights? That song alone. No, I haven't. A hundred yeah. people no, on crazy. it. John is on that song. Rihanna's <laughs> yeah. on that song. It's true. Yeah. Dude. One thing I have to say about Sycamore, um, though, just to like get it out of the way, is I think... For for how much of a great song it is, it is actually so underrated because at least when it comes to Travis Scott himself, because from what I've seen, the most part that's played is Drake's part, which is re- the shittiest part. It's of the a song, Drake in song, in my opinion. It's a Drake yeah. song. Yeah, 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 absolutely, definitely for sure. And he's yeah. In, yeah, it's like he's in it for like what, like two minutes, if that, and, and he just steals the entire thing. The whole it's, song has a, it has insane beat switches and everything, but no one talks about that shit. They just Drake's hear not, Drake, Drake's they not like on this list, right? Drake isn't here. Drake didn't make. Cardi wasn't stuff. on it either, which which I found was interesting. I mean, Drake. I mean, Cardi. I guess I'm like a little sad about that because I'm kind of a Cardi supporter. Drake. Definitely. I'm like a little relieved, you know. And and that's just like a personal beef that I have with Drake. Um, yeah, and it's understandably. Partly because, you know, of what you're saying, it's just like his dominance. It's so pervasive. It's just like you yeah. will hear a new song on the radio. You'd be like, yo, this song is tight. You listen to it. And then like a Drake verse comes on. And you're like, oh, my God, uh, he's here, too. You know, I don't like being a hater. I'm not like trying to be a hater. I'm not here to be a hater, but I'm just like a little like nah, over it. Yeah. So I was happy yeah. to I see mean, that. I love Starbucks, he got under the Starbucks, man, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it's like poetry. It's like we should have like less poets and more poetry or something like that. I mean, we need maybe, more maybe Post Malone, less poetic. Drake. <laughs> yes. Well, great. You mentioned Post Malone. Tell me, Preston. Uh, you love it. Love, love him. Love what he does. Love his music. Love the fact that he's on here. Wouldn't have put Sunflower personally. Again, like I don't know why that's that was put as an influential song when you have shit like Rockstar. Even, what, even what, would his, you replace? Uh, what would you replace it with? I would have replaced it with Rockstar. Mm. I think White Iverson is his best song. Even, even, even... Um, first song, yeah, classic. Uh, that's oh, thing. White Iverson? I, yeah, 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 but that's a bit dated, too. Yeah, it's that's from true. a little while back, yeah. definitely. But, I mean, it's still his first song, and it's his best song. That's not, you know... Well, I think, yeah, I mean, they, they might be in their, having their editorial meeting. They may have said, like, oh, it has to be a song that came in, came out with... Honestly, I would have I been really happy if I saw Stay by him on here. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, they address, away with that song. They addressed the selection of this song in the context of uh, it's on the Spider-Man soundtrack, right? The Enter the right, yeah. Wait, what is that called? Enter into the Spider-verse. the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Into the Spider-Verse. Sorry, I'm also not a huge fan of Swaley, so that's probably what also drew me off of it. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I mean, they're kind of making the point of, you know, the scene in the film, which I haven't seen. Have you guys seen? Uh, I, have, I have not seen it yet. <clears throat> Unfortunately, no. I've seen and, it. Okay, Eming. I should have known you've seen it, Eming. You're our resident Marvel fangirl. I Eming, love Marvel. Yeah. I just haven't seen it yet. I, yeah, I've heard so many good things about it. It's just like there are a lot of movies, so I, you know, I'll get around to oh, it. Oh, my God, um, yeah. But... It, yeah, included in this write-up is, you know, the kind of cultural significance of that film and his role in it. Uh, his ability to genre bend. I know a lot of artists are doing this now, and I've kind of given this pro Post Malone speech, but, you know, this is part of an exennial. Yeah, I'm using that word to refer to myself. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, like, there were, you know, the kind of music you listen to really, like, signaled what tribe you were in. You know what I mean? So yeah. if you, like, listen to rock, like, you could only hang out with people who listen to rock, and you could only listen to rock, right? And, like, if you yeah. loved hip-hop, that was a part of your identity. And if, like, if someone was playing electric guitar, you'd be like, oh, my God, my ears are bleeding. Get me away from this rock music, you know? Yeah. Um, so I had to like, you know, I was like my public persona was a hip hop head. And then I would go home in secret and like close the door of my bedroom and like listen to Nirvana, you know. Yeah. But what, what artists are doing now and, you know, this is prompted by young people who just don't care. They're just like, I have this song in my, you know, what I'm saying you could have like Katy Perry and you could have Ray Remmerd and like nobody yeah. cares. No one's judging you for that. And I think Post Malone kind of encapsulates that uh, in part because, you know, he plays the guitar, man. You yeah, know what I mean? Like he's got, he's not got particularly well. Like a shuffled playlist. His music is like, it sounds like shuffling through playlists of different artists. But it keeps true to his sound. That's what I like about Which, it. Like, it's, it's true. Like, it's true. Yeah. I, I am not a Post Malone hater at all. I appreciate the stuff that guy does. Like, definitely. Yeah. Hearing him cover um, some bob dylan on youtube like way yeah. back in the days yeah, yeah. in the videos like yeah. he's the real yeah. deal man i'm i'm with yeah. you on that for sure there's i would say things, uh, uh oh, go ahead uh just very quickly because this is an important point since we're talking about generations and identity i i'm glad that post malone was included but if you guys notice the person who wrote this someone who writes about being introduced to post malone through his or her I'm not sure. Sam, I assume it's a man. I'm not sure. Uh, His or her daughter, right? Mm -hmm. Like most ancient people, this is the lead in their declining years. I keep up with today's hit music entirely through my teenage daughter. Right. And then he kind of tells this funny story about, you know, being exposed to Post Malone and he's cooking breakfast and his daughter is playing Post Malone music. Um, That's fine. I'm not saying like, oh, old people shouldn't write about music. And this person probably isn't even that old, you know, maybe in their forties at the most. Right. But I kind of feel like I, if I want to hear if like, I, if you want to talk about 25 songs that matter, right? Like I would like to hear a person who is young enough to be in, a Post Malone fan yeah. write about Post Malone. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like this, this is, right. this is a dad who was like, Oh, this is one artist that my daughter listens to that I'm not offended by basically, you know, yeah. which is very different. I'm like that's, I love Posty and here's why. Yeah. I, I yeah, definitely my, think too yeah. that he, you know, he's, he's, how do I say this? He's, well, he's a white rapper too. You know what I mean? So he's not as intimidating, yeah. I think, to a lot yeah. of people. Then yeah. if that you just put a darker skin tone on that fella, you know how he might be perceived differently. Um, yeah. I think never truly claiming hip hop has really helped him slide by in a lot of ways where hip hop doesn't really check him in the way they would other people. You know what I mean? Cause he well, right. Eh. Okay, so here's what I can say about that. One, I, uh, I, well, first things first, I completely agree with Russell about like, you know, hearing someone who's not even in 
this kind of time, not into this generation's music so much, hearing their opinion on it. I think a lot of companies, especially when it comes to music or, or entertainment in general, they're so out of touch with their audience and so out of touch with what's actually going on that they're really close-minded and, and they don't give shit a ch- like even a little bit of a chance you have this guy who's like oh i heard a post to my daughter and everything which is cool but i think they need to be more open to hiring younger people too who are actually who know what's going on and everything and as for post malone in this case you say they don't check him so much I would say now they don't, but definitely like one to two years ago, they were, they were, they were calling him a culture vulture. They were, they were su- the hip hop community, especially was super pissed that he never proclaimed to be a rapper or, or to only do hip hop. He's like, I'm an artist. I'm a musician, which and, and I personally, lane since, you know, he definitely, no, absolutely. And that's, that's what I'm saying because it's because that he's never adamantly solidified himself in one particular genre that he's able to, to fluctuate from sound to sound to sound. I, I, I see him as a Justin Bieber repackaged. A kid yeah. found on YouTube. <laughs> I can see that you know, for sure. Real. No, not a disrespect at all. You know, I'm no, absolutely. Bieber's but, so. You know, a kid they found on YouTube who, you know, naturally talented. They, you know, gussied him up and, uh, you know, put him with a bunch of really great writers, put him with a bunch of really great industry people. You know what I mean? That's what he. That's how he comes off to me. But again, yeah, absolutely looking away from him. You know what I mean? And it's because yeah. like, it, yeah, it's because he's never said that he was one specific thing that he's that he's able to, like he says, he, he, he may want to put out a rock album. He can, you know, and th- this whole this whole word, especially like culture vulture and stuff like that. I hate that shit because it's like, well, OK, so what? So he can only do, quote unquote, white people music because you have people in, in this. This kind of correlates to uh, this list, too. Juice World, lot of lot of influence from pop punk and emo music. He's not a, he's not a culture vulture for that. He was just inspired by that. He likes what he likes, and your influences, no matter what, are are going to at some point, you know, coincide with what your art. Yeah, I mean that conversation about like I mean, first of all, we've already touched on it in sampling, but like appropriation in music, right? I think we talked about this on an earlier show. Um, when we were talking about mm. Japanese cholos. I don't know if you guys saw this. This was also a New York Times video. Um, and we were like, oh, oh, boy. really confused about how to feel about it. And it's like, I'm, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> like I, the, the first take is like, wow, this seems kind of offensive, right? And then we started reading comments from people and then, you know, to our own interpretations as Latino people. What does that mean? You know, is it an homage? Or, you know, so the sentence that heard around the world, I hope, last week was, you know, culture is appropriation, right? And I think that that is, you know, we're all borrowing from each other all the time. That's why I like right. humans are, you know what I'm saying? Like we oh, interact yeah. with each other. We save the stuff that we like and then we kind of flip it and bounce it and make it our own. And nowhere is that more obvious than music, right? Like and the anytime thing is, really yeah, start digging yeah. there's a history, right way, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. You yeah. know, there's a right way yeah. and a wrong way and to I do think, it. I think you can I tell when someone's forcing right. it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. For sure. Can I can I just say something about the age of that guy that wrote about Post Malone? Please. So so this is New York Times and who is reading New York Times? Definitely not young people, right? No, absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. So then okay. th- my biggest question when I first started reading this was why the fuck is Bruce Springsteen number one? 
<laughs> you know what I'm you saying? What? Like, I, I actually thought like, about that too. It's not. It's not point. that I don't like Bruce. I like Bruce Springsteen, and I see that he's yeah. done some stuff in the last couple years. He was on Broadway and did this Netflix thing. But is he really number one in this top twenty-five songs that yeah. matter in 2019? Like, you I thought that, that that's evidence that it's older folks that are writing the New York Times articles and that are reading the New York Times as well. So, yeah, no, it, it's very I well think that's, that's a very that's a fair point. And I think that's a good defense maybe of the Bruce Springsteen inclusion. Oh, wait, right? wait, like, wait, yeah, wait. Yeah, but they have, also had Mariah Carey on there, too. And I was like, why? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. And Weezer, which I mean, uh, personally, <laughs> I don't I wouldn't have put them on here. But to his credit, he does. He does put different genres, not so much as I would personally include. Because he has James Blake, the 1975, which ooh, I'd love to touch on that. I'm so glad they're on here. But um, no, it's a great point. But to his credit, he does uh, actually bring up some some genuinely a, a good mixture, a, a good mixture of everything. Rock, I mean, rap. It's, it's, it's a fair point about considering the age of the readership of the New York Times. Uh, and I think that's a fine defense of the inclusion of Bruce Springsteen. It's like, all right, fine. Consider your readers. You know, they like Bruce Springsteen. Right. But I don't think that just because your readers are older, that you have to get old people to translate popular music for your readership. Oh, because old yeah. old yeah. people can still read a young person's account of why I'm a Post Malone fan. You know what yeah, I mean? Like I, exactly. that could resonate and maybe they would learn just as much or more. And old people can like that. new music, you know, I, the, the well, only thing I, is I, I know, want man. them. I mean, <laughs> it's hard. The older you get, and I can attest to this, the older you get, the harder. I got to really no, work. I mean, it, even so. for me, I, I mean, yeah, same. I'm, you can I'm only hear 23, so well, but same. You really... That's true. Yeah. You're actual. But I'm just saying, thing. yeah, I think, I think just because you are a certain age doesn't mean you, you won't like a certain thing, even though it's more unlikely. However, the only thing is I want people to be more informed. That's it. Just do yeah. your research. Yeah. I also think that, you know, with, with trends every, you know, coming back every couple of years, I think once you get older, you just, you've heard that band before you've, you've seen that angle before, you know, it's like we had Eminem and then we had uh, Tyler, the creator, and now we have Brockhampton, you know, you kind of see Tyler should be on here too. Well, I've you know talked I mean? about this before on the show because I went to a Lil Xan concert. Oh, uh, boy. It was for a story, okay? I was writing about rappers. <laughs> and I wasn't in a Lil Xan show because I wanted to go to a Lil Xan show. Oh, man. But hey, man. I was standing you in know, the back watching it. I mean, you know, the young people, they were losing their minds. Like, they loved this kid, man. Loved, yeah. Like, it was, yeah. you know, just I, like yeah. 14, 15, 16 year old girls just like losing their minds. Justin Bieber. Right? And I was like, this guy must be doing something right because I hate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. a 30 whatever year old person in the back, and I'm just like, yo, yeah, this is trash. Therefore, he must be doing that, it right. That's what's that. That's so. It's it's such a weird juxtaposition because from the early two thousands, you were like, oh, to be to be in rap, to be in music, you have to have talent. You gotta you gotta have these bars. You gotta put down the you know quality nah, production. Man. Not anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the anymore. Authenticity throughout time has diminishing returns. You know, like it's only going to be real once and it's going to be right. an imitation every time from then. So a person like Lil Zanz is just a copy of a copy of a, and no disrespect to him. Oh yeah. That's really far down the originality chain, you know? So by the time say Russell hears the music, he's already heard that done. Yeah. Well, 
five times, you know, let alone terribly, you know what I mean? However, well, many I mean, I'll say this. I checked myself because I was like, okay, let me perspectivize this, right? I'm a person in my 30s watching like a very popular artist right now and thinking that it's trash, right? right. But let me think about, and, and one of my main complaints was what you're saying is really like the artistry. I was just like, yo, man, like this dude doesn't, and I'll tell you something about a Lil Xan show if in case you never make it to one. He, and this is true for a lot of these guys, he doesn't rap no, his song no, on stage, they, nope, right? Like they nope. play his song with they the vocal tracks included, it. and he just kind of dances around yeah. to the yep. to the song with his vocal tracks in it, and kind of just like yells things into the mic as if he were a hype man, yeah, uh, for his own music, for his own and song. That's enough for them, <laughs> right? So, yeah. So I was kind of I was watching, and I was like, "This is crazy." He's not even rapping, and then I thought, "Okay, let me perspectivize this." Let's say I was someone who grew up in the '60s and '70s with you know guitar virtuosos and the rock music of that era, and I was at my first punk rock show. What would I say? I would say those guys don't even know how to play their instruments, you know. Right, and now yeah. we love punk music and we revere it. It's been around for 30 years, and we understand. It's like the point was they're they, they're only playing two chords. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's right. like rock and roll got two up its own ass, and then you need to get back to the element of it. And I was like, you know what? That's true, man. Like if if I was a young person who went to Wu Tang show or whatever, you know what I mean? Like Nas, they'll be like, why is he talking so much? He's trying too hard. Like everybody's serious and listening to the words. Like, damn, that's deep. Uh, even as like quote unquote young person, right? So the thing is, when I hear a new artist before I start shitting on them completely, <laughs> I like to do my research on them. So I'm like, nice. all right, this guy looks stupid. But whatever, let me listen to his music. Maybe I'll hear a couple songs and I'll be like, okay, he's not that bad. Okay, so in the case of Lil Xan, I did a lot of research. I'm like, okay, let's see what he's about. What does he do? But I... It's I get what you're saying when it comes to like, oh, well, back then, you know, if I listen to today's the thing is, even today, by today's standards, it's shit. Like when you go to a live show, when you go to a live show, you expect the artists to at least know their songs, you know, even if they're drunk, high, whatever, to at least mouth the words or or just be into it. This dude's just completely zanned out. Not even he doesn't he mumbles half the time. He's yeah. jumping half the time. He's out of breath most of the time. It's just like there's and and all you're doing is you're gathering, you're paying like 40 bucks to see this shitty rapper play his music over the the fucking loudspeaker speakers and then just watch him that's it and yeah. the same thing that I mean, goes yeah. that but goes how, for a lot of I artists I think he's a bad example and i think he's easy to pick on um but, but there's a couple there's like a little pump he does the same thing smoke perp it, does exactly. the same thing but, but i think i think too it's they're a symptom of a problem you know um i think i think they're more they're they're products of something rather than something you know to me to me it seems like a little zan is a product being sold to young people in order to get butts and seats but it could be anybody under those tattoos do you know what i'm saying right exactly and, and that's the thing that's why when he said that like you know uh when little zan came out like let's put it this way uh the guy who started it all who's still going for whatever fucking reason little pump he when he came out Within like three months, there were seven little pumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's because they're because these 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 companies. And now he has a song about it called "Everybody Wants to Be Like Me." (laughs) 
Oh my god, his his album. I listened to his album because wow. again, I give shit I don't like a chance because I want to do the research. So I have reasons to not like something. That album was so shit, dude. The yeah, production, the production was ace. The production was so good. But man, this guy, I, I genuinely feel like he's a one trick pony. And like people are gonna see that soon. And, I mean, shout out to producers in hip hop. They are the true MVPs. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. The producers are completely underrated. It's true. Uh, I want to shift a little bit to a conversation about like true classic traditional pop, 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 popular music, like bubblegum, bubblegum pop, or like oh, popular no, music in general. About, I want to. Well, I specifically I want to talk to Eming. Do we have any K-pop people here? Email. I love there's K-pop. No, you want to talk to me? No K-pop. <laughs> I want to talk to you, Amy, because well, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. I want to talk to you about Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande is number two. <laughs> I'm the fucking God. expert on that shit. Okay. The song God. is "Thank You, Nick." And when you and I were talking about it, you were like, "I'm down with Ariana Grande. Let's go." I want to talk about Ariana Grande. I have no what beef I with said, her. Okay. She's very talented. I get what you're saying. I'm, I'm paraphrasing again. Um, I, I have no ill will towards her. I mean, partly, and this is, I guess, a cliche. Um, but she's in, in some ways, I think the antithesis of someone like we're talking about Lil Xan or like she has chops. Like she, she has pure talent. Sing. Yeah. She can goddamn sing. Yeah. She's, she's a insane. wonderful performer. So it's like whatever beef you might take with like a public persona or like yep. the actual music itself being very like light and bubble gummy. Like she can really sing, man. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I don't even really have much bad to say about her, but I did want to come to you, Eamon, because it sounded like you at the very, you know, a relationship with her music. So do tell. I don't know if I call it that. Um, well, honestly, I wasn't really a fan of her. Um, I didn't like Sweetener at all. But there was something about this album that I really appreciated, like the sadness of it, because I'm like, I, I I really like sad music. Like I get really emo Same. sometimes. So yeah, <laughs> um, um, I really enjoy it. Like the, the, the example they talked about was Thank You Next, but that's just the title track. Like, there's so many other songs on there that yeah. I thought were genuinely really good. Like, I really like the melody. I really like the beat. I really like the lyrics. And it really kind of hit me. Like, the song um, Ghosting, I really like that one. Because um, even though she has, like, a lot of range, it's the most... It's, it, it's the track you can sing. Like, sh- sh- there's no, like, really high right. lows. or I'm sorry, high highs. Yeah. It's just, like, a very, like, yeah. subtle kind of thing. And I really enjoyed that. So I think... Um, as an artist, I think she's um, probably because she's gone through so much shit. <laughs> it's it's reflecting yeah. in her music more, and I'm appreciating her as like a more um, transparent artist. I guess is one way to put it. So, what do you mean by that? I don't know. Like, it was definitely her most intimate and emotional album for sure. Yeah, it wasn't so much. It was, it was the most introspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably why I liked it because. Uh, I mean, who doesn't like that about artists who like open up their hearts on a plate? And you're just like, oh, I feel that yeah. too. <laughs> That's why I was so pissed when they put this song on here too. Yeah, I was like, this was is her like, most ostentatious, yeah, her for. most pretentious fucking song on the entire album. You're not there's wrong. there's a lot deeper out. There's a lot deeper songs. There's a lot of good to be on this album, but for this one, I I, I, I love her voice, everything, but I, I ugh, this song, I I, I would say that. okay, in defense of that song as on this particular list though it describes an entire culture that has developed around dating apps um at least that's that's how i hear it no, yeah it's yeah. just like thank yeah. you next thank you next and then i think in the article it talks about 
um, it sucks to be thought of as just a lesson that was learned mm. <laughs> and, and you're just like, okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's, that's the only reason I thought that it was on this particular list. I don't know. For me though, it's just, it's so pretentious to like go through something with someone and be like, okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> like, it's so, it's, but that's exactly what so, people are doing. Yeah. That's genuinely why I hate it. But that's kind of who she's speaking for, right? Like the people, the young women who, or this, the people in general who, experience that you know like I, I think of her almost like the female drake like they would be speaking to each other the way they write songs you know it's like yeah. that kind of girl and that kind of guy exists uh at a multitude in this day and age and it's exactly that convenient sort of thank you next culture that uh, you're just speaking about that i think she really taps into and it's kind of become her whole ethos you know what i mean that sort of um breakup culture that uh you know, I want everything now. That swipe right or left culture. Yeah, know? yeah, I could see that. If Drake, Definitely. if Drake is like the biggest fuck boy in rap, she's essentially the biggest fuck girl when it comes to pop. Well, you know, they're they're definitely they they definitely have music that speaks to each other. I don't think I put it put it quite. Well, I, I, things, yeah, I like the idea. I mean, you could probably take a list of Drake song titles. And a list of Ariana Grande song titles, and you could make a text message conversation out That's of those song titles. So it's yeah. probably happening okay. across America, everywhere amongst young people. And that's but, why both of their music resonates. That's why they're the king and queen of pop music. And, and I think that goes to a deeper thing, too, within our society uh, uh, in this day and age of, you know, again, the, the copy culture where people are living vicariously through these musicians and sort of living out the same relationship paradigm that yeah. they that they hear in the music and that are reflected to them that re they reflect back out so they're they're sort of living in the media that they consume in a lot of ways you know what i mean they they folks uh sort of become the stories they're telling themselves you know what i mean yeah um, almost in the media almost backs it up to make it feel like it's, you know, an okay thing or, or just the, the thing to do or the way to be. It's just an interesting instance of art imitating life, imitating art, imitating life. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I agree. And that, I, I, mean, agree that, yeah. I think that was the essence of the piece, right? Mm -hmm. Is, you know, the song was inspired by a tweet that she sent essentially breaking up with her boyfriend. The phrase was so resonant with people who were subject to, you know, uh, swipe dating culture that it kind of got re incorporated in her music and she, she self cannibalized and built a song around it. And yeah, that it, itself exactly. is, the snake is always in our its culture. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. I, I could I'll talk to that. you guys for another hour about this list. I could even talk to you guys for another hour about Ariana Grande. But thanks to all of you for being here. This was a very healthy, un healthy unpacking <laughs> of this piece. <laughs> of well done. Fine tooth comb. This is like a cultural anthropological study of a New York Times article about pop music. Uh, mm -hmm. So thanks to everyone. Presley, thanks for coming back. Donnie, welcome for the first time. Uh, welcome back you. anytime I'm going to call you back over and over again to come back thanks to you Mel and thanks as always to Eming uh, and to our listeners Quest On everybody this episode of Quest On Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California 